Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. which means it is ABCs of Apostleship Night, where we disciple apostolic Christians to scripturally organic Christianity that is culturally unmodified. Look at you all getting it right on the first try. Look, we have cadence, we have rhythm, we had unison. I'm excited. It's great. But that is what we're talking about, new era apostleship. Isn't that great? Yes, yes. Where we disciple apostolic Christians to scripturally organic Christianity, that is culturally unmodified. Sounds like a mouthful? It really isn't. We can, we can, we're going to come up with an acronym. You know me and acronyms. I, I get carried away with acronyms every now and then. My students kind of like it, though, because they're like, yeah, so is that the the one with the B or the one with the A? Okay, I think we kind of got it. But I'm excited about what God has done. God has given me something great for you, for you. Because if it wasn't for you, well, I'd still be enjoying it in my prayer closet with him. But he's given me something great for you. He's given me the answer to your questions and your prayers, your concerns, your issues, and even your criticisms. You know, good leaders and good teachers will not dodge the criticism. And I like to, we all like to dodge it, but in the end, it's, it chases us. It's like a boomerang. You know, criticism is just like a boomerang. You throw it out, it comes back a day later, a week later, a year later, still hits you in the head. You know, you still got to deal with it because it doesn't go away. And so I would like to say to you all that this is exciting. We're in the most exciting time in God. Did you know that? We're in the most exciting time in God. We are discipling apostolic Christians. We are bringing Christians, uh, scripturally organic Christians home to Tulsa, Oklahoma, because that's where we are. And God said to tell you, you know, I love it. Open heaven, open hearts, open arms. Amen. Open wells, open portals, just open. God has opened this up for scripturally organic Christianity. Because he intends to culturally demodify some things. Amen. Hallelujah. And so you are part of it. They've been coming home. We just had another one come home Sunday. We have a group that's coming. They tell me I have a, a, a group that's staying over from the event. I'm excited. I'm calling them in. You know, I've decided that we need to nail this thing and use it and do what God gave us to do, which is bring our people home. And we're working our way up to try Oh, we can try. Huh? Right. Now we got family. Yeah, we got a little plan. We're going to try. Okay? <laughs> and who knows? We might end up with a nation. I'll take it. Right. Hallelujah. I'll take it. I'm certainly going to take a generation. And so I was telling all of my folks, and I, I keep saying it every week because, well, faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. Don't I use that? That works. And I've been telling you that every move that God has is already packed, jam-packed, stocked with miracles, 
providences and blessings and solutions and provisions and reserves and resources, and you just have to believe that. Mm. If this is what you're doing, this is what you have to believe. The former things are no more. We, we, we might like, like it. We might like it. That's not even, you know, that's neither here nor there for God. But the former things are no more. God is going scripturally organic because it's a salvation move. It's a salvation message. It's about saving this church. It is salvation. It is recovery. Come on. It's restoration. It is purging. It's sanctification. It's cleansing. It's all of the things that we know and all of the things that we've kind of whittled away at over the last several decades that have brought us to a place that we belong to all cultures but Christ. We've become the universal church deity in faith and worship and ritual not just in, in, in faith, in mindset, rather. So God is coming in to, he always does that. He's coming in to do his electoral service. He's calling the elect out from among them. Come ye from among them and be ye separated. I know we don't like that. You know, Satan has had a real, real long run. He's had a blast just, just in his campaign that, that Christianity is no big deal, and let's just take out the Christians, and let's just humiliate them, and let's just mock them. I mean, we are, we've been, a, uh, you don't hear any late-night television host ever mocking Allah or Islam because they're scared. And, that's, and, and so that tells me that they don't think that there are any repercussions here. But you know Jesus has repercussions anyhow. He just doesn't announce them. He just does it. All of a sudden, your kids go crazy, your car won't work, your job is gone, you can't get a contract, business shuts down, money turns off, as we can go on and on and on. I can go on, but you get the point. See, God doesn't have to announce it because it's already built into the system. It's built in. See, because we are guarded by another world that's the principalities and powers and, 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 and thrones and dominions and, and spiritual hosts of wickedness and righteousness, of goodness and evil. And God has a whole force on the ground here in this generation that's taking care of his affairs. He has to announce it. God figure we'll put two and two together when it starts making four. Isn't that wonderful to know? But we are, we are the called out ones. We are that chosen elect. We're the very elect. And so we have to let people know who and what Christianity is. And that's what I'm going to revisit tonight. But before I do, Ashley, yes. what's coming up? <laughs> no sound effects. Ooh. Nothing. <laughs> You're going to make me go. Uh, <laughs> no, you're not going to natural box. No, no, no. No, no. She's got a tech box that she has all this stuff in the way. I do. So you have no sound effects. I just have myself and Minister Norma here. Okay, well, she can come in the background or something. Right on cue. Okay. We have coming up in a month. In a month. Our Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute in, well, Tulsa. Tulsa, Oklahoma. I bet you didn't know. But you know, there's a Tulsa someplace else. No. I hit it up. I, now, where? I can't tell you. I know. There's always multiple areas. Everything. Everything. Okay. So the other tosses are going to get on my Facebook and get me next time. Okay. Come on home. Come on home. Come on home. Yeah. That's right. Buy your plane ticket so you can tell us what you didn't like about Miami. 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 I can't even get with Miami. I can't even. Anyway. <laughs> we did go a 
off on the rubber truck. <laughs> 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 oh, God. June, excuse me, 21st through the 24th at the Crown Plaza Hotel across the street from Oral Roberts University where we are going to get into scripturally organic prophetic. Yes! And yes. we know you can go for broke on, on that. Yes, I can. We're going to go with you. Honey, we're going to go down in the valley yes. and then up to the mountaintop, and then we're going to go right on the seas, and then we're going to hit the clouds, and then after that we... Okay, we'll, we'll bypass the mothership, so we will do that. Okay, but it might land. It might land. Yeah, well, you know, honey, is the, you know, he's showing up. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be, of course, the best one yet. And who is going to be there? We have, well, you. I'm going to be. I'm still invited? You're still invited. Oh, wow. Did you see? Hey, guys, they're bringing me back for another year. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, I stay on the A-list, girl. I'm on the A-list. Yes. You took that PAQ, didn't you? Yes, I did. And, they, and you know, they said, they said I came up, you know, like a real high apostle. What? I took the ADQ, too. You know, I have an AAQ. People don't know about it yet, but I won't get you in trouble. Yeah, get you in trouble. You're going to be and yes, okay, so there's you, Dr. Sharon Billings, yep. who is a brilliant woman of God. Extraordinary. Scientifically brilliant. Yes. Spiritually brilliant. And so I can't wait to hear what she has to say. Minister. And flat footed prophet. That oh, yeah. girl will stand yeah. flat footed and profit till everybody go home. Let me talk about her for just a minute. Okay. <laughs> Not too many people can prophesy to Dr. Christ. Yeah. Now, most of us get along with her. <laughs> I mean, I'm a very trained husband. I'm glad you better tell me. <laughs> 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 okay. Send me the children's story. Okay. Anyway, so, we're at this conference in Chicago, and you had taught that night, right? Yes. Yeah. She taught that night, did her thing, as only she can, laid it down, picked it up again. After that, half the room emptied out, we had to speak that up, because then it's fun. They just everything And so we. So she was doing what she had to do. And then Tessa, uh, Dr. Sharon gets up and begins to minister prophetically and lays the room out. She laid me out. I know. Okay, laid me out. Everything, okay. everything was laid out. That's yes, all I can say. Yes. But she prophesied. I said, I will know this woman can hear from God at the highest level if she can lay down a word to Dr. Price that isn't uh, whatever. Yeah, obvious. And I tell you, she prophesied, moved devils, demons, uprooted something, called some things in, hit that warfare yes, at the core of what the truth about it was. Honey, went all the way back to Jersey, came back. Yes, yes. Went all the way back to Jersey, came back to Tulsa. So we need you in Tulsa. And I right. said, you, sister, will be on my event this year here. Because my, my people need you. Yes. They need you to get in that stuff, that place that... Only an official can go because officers can go places where gifts can't even knock on the door. And then you have those officers who stay in that room. No matter what they do, they stay there. That's right. And then also, then a different trip to Chicago. Another trip. <laughs> no, Further in. Further in. To the city. Our other speaker, Minister Nashawn Walker. Mm. Amazing. You may have on a different trip, yes. but you were um, on television up there. And so he will be speaking to the general training mm-hmm. and as well as the young people. 
He has a word for the young people. You millennials. Oh, he'll be on the show this week. Oh, good. Oh, good. You'll get a chance to hear him. Millennials. You know, y'all know I love the millennials because I think y'all get a bad rap sometimes. But anyway, I'm telling you, you want to press your way. This man has a word that make it free. And he's so gracious and humble. Oh, yeah. And we humble God. He really wants to do <laughs> I, I, and Dr. Price really wants to get it. <laughs> and he, and because he, he just, because when we met him, he just signed the record label. I forget the record. Don't ask me. I'm the worst person. But we'll find out Thursday. Sure <laughs> hey guys, don't miss the show on Thursday. We'll all find out all of these beautiful stats and facts that we should have, you know. And so he's amazing, young man. I'm looking forward to oh, hearing him. Oh. Whew. Testimony today. If you were if you were in gangs, you try to get out of gangs. This brother got yeah. the answer. I'm telling you, he's amazing. So listen for Thursday's show, so you can hear a few minutes about him in his own voice, in his own words, and then make sure you get your ticket to be here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, for the annual Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute, formerly the Tulsa Prophetic. Forum. We have to say that because people think I'm, they'll still be looking for the farm. I said, you know, this is a different event. No. And then Apostle Nona Parker, also. My daughter, Chicago. You know, Chicago is showing up, baby. There's a little something in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I, you know, I, I, I talk so about the Chicago, Chicago. You know, I want to meet the Chicago prophets. I don't meet enough of them. Hey, you guys. Hey. Hey, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> He couldn't let it go, Christian. Couldn't let that slide by. Hey, you guys, when I come again, I want to meet the Chicago prophets. Y'all got all this reputation and Canada. I would like to meet you guys. Now, I don't know when I'm going to be there. I can't tell you that. But, it, <laughs> but in a Chicago near you, I will arrive. We're in Joliet in August. We're in Joliet in August. So, hey, turn out so I can meet some Chicago prophets. Yay. You know, you guys are some of my strongest audience, and I don't even know you. So, anyway, I'm putting that out there. Wait, you, you don't see it. Hey, you have not because you ask not. So I'm asking, and I, hey, you guys, that's an ask. <laughs> we want to meet you. So we have that, and then you have new products out there that you would do. You've been working like a little beaver. Beaver, yes. Mm-hmm. Busy nocturnal beaver. Yes. <laughs> Later in the middle of the night. Okay. Okay, don't you see? Sound effect. Sound effect, yes. A yes, couple of new products. Oh, one that is already out there is opening your prayer portal. <laughs> part two, the second edition, I should say, because it's a couple parts, second edition. I was speaking to one of my students today, and she was breaking down for me how that second prayer portal was changing her life and the revelation on that. Isn't amazing? Opening your prayer portal. You want to enroll in that it is online. You can go to www.drpaulaprice.com and click on the Training Me tab at the top, and that will take you to a link to our online training center, Opening Your Prayer Portal, Part 1 and 2, and then there's also other intercession webinars. Intercession is one of your highest requested topics of training From behind the prophetic. On my recent survey? A recent survey says... <laughs> We are than I'm so excited. That's right. You know, and I'm glad that I don't sound like I'm 90. That's good. I mean, 90's good when I get there. Yes, but you're not there yet. No. <laughs> uh, yes. And uh, in coming January, well, tonight, 
next week. It will go up online. Oh, what? The women's event. No, it'll be later. It'll be later tonight. But it will go up. Tonight. You know, you gotta be careful with our audience because see, they be like giving you at three o'clock in the morning. Ding, 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 ding. In the last portion is literally closing out as we speak, and it's completely edited. Except to set it up online, set up that price. Okay. And they can begin to go in that. I got delivered again. All over again. In fact, I don't know. Retreat. 
because I need a writing retreat to finish these books. And so I've been praying for it. I got one lady that sent me some stuff that was so inviting. I told her to send it to Prophet Ashley so she can make it happen. I was excited. <laughs> like, woo, there's a hope. <laughs> but anyway, I wrote a book called 3D, Taking Your Life from Distress to Success, and You Can Do It. Now, I am not, listen to me, I am not against therapists. I like therapists. I think we need them. I am not against counselors. I am not against, uh, you know, psychologists or psychiatrists. I am not against any of those. But a lot of you all have got to, you walk yourself in it, you can walk yourself out. You just need to, to somebody to tell you how to walk out on your captivity, walk out on your captor. Sometimes we just need to teach you how to walk out on your captive. So Prophet Ashley is our resident specialist in 3D. Now, I know you look at this little book and you think, yeah, uh, well. But I have a few people online who can key in some, some comments on the 3D book. And it's called 3D because it nails, it nails the 3Ds in your deliverance. So that is why we call it 3D. There are actually 11 more installments if you will pray for my, hallelujah, my writer's retreat. I can probably do that. Anyway, but it's a working document. And if you want it, you can get your own copy by going to drpaulaprice.com. Or you can call, go online, say, I want an advisement, and then choose an advisor. Call Prophet Ashley Clater. Because she has, like, not enough clients. Somebody <laughs> else decided. I know. So she's like, she's got, yeah, she's got the lion's share of the clients on 3D. It's a, it's a big weekly cleaning for my own side. <laughs> Going through with all my students. I'm like, ooh. I need to go yes. And it is a training. You, your soul has got to be trained to desire freedom, to recognize bondage, and then to desire the process of being free. It is not an overnight thing. What I like about it is I agree with most of my colleagues, prophets, or excuse me, prophets, but apostles are known to have deliverance ministries. But the problem is most of them are ER ministries, emergency room ministries, the, the urgent care. Okay? Once we've done the shot, the pills, and the prescription, there still has to be that process of discovering how to live free. If you've been a captive, for example, since you were a kid, you don't understand. Freedom doesn't even speak to you. As far as you're concerned, your captivity is living. Somebody has to break that out of you. We can tell you it's wrong all day long, but you don't even know what to do with our assessment. You have no idea what to do with an assessment to say, you know, that's not right. You know, that's not God. You know, that's you don't know what to do with that. You're like, are you kidding? This is my soul. This is my own psyche. How are you going to tell me that this is wrong? So now Jesus comes in, which is why deliverance without Jesus is just a temporary suspension of your suffering. Because Jesus has to come in with the spirit of truth because it's the truth that makes you free. And a lot of times you think the facts did the job. The fact that I was molested, the fact that I was beaten up, the fact that I was bullied, the fact that I was, you know, robbed or, or and violated, those are facts. Oh, come on, son. Oh, I'm in it today. You know I'm in it today? I am in it today. Yes, I did. I huggled up to the Holy Ghost today. I'm full. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Yes, I did. I have to huggle up to him because, you know, God is still a sweetheart. So, but the facts 
just suspend the torment. When Je- and I can prove to you scripturally that's true. When, they, when Jesus came casting out devils as the, the, the spirit of truth, as the God of truth, he came casting them out. Come on, y'all, lean in. Come on, lean in. I like the leaning crowd. Come on, lean in with me, okay? He came, he came casting out devils, and they told him that he cast out devils by the elder above, the prince of the devils, and Jesus said, well, okay, that's good. Well, why don't we take this conversation a step further? And this is what he said. He said, if I'm casting it out <laughs> by the finger of God, by whom are your sons casting out devils? See, we think that casting out devils started with Jesus Christ. No, they had devils tied around musical chairs or musical vessels forever. Okay, well, I'm going to be out. I'll, I'll, I'll need this and let you run on that for six months, years, six years, and and then I'll, I'll just go, and it'll look like you're gone. So we can all work together. They work together. They got to get along close. They didn't want Jesus in that club. Because when he cast out a devil, he closed the door. He closed the, the access point in that soul. That's what bothered them. They couldn't just hop back in when it was over. Oh, somebody, oh, oh, oh. Y'all know y'all better bless me tonight. Because I'm, I'm blessable tonight. I am good and blessed worthy tonight. You better bless me tonight. Bless me. Hallelujah. Because that's a word that, yes, I am excited. That's a word that makes free. And you know I just made you free. Because you know, you went to a lot of those pass around sessions where you went in, bound up, you came out feeling good four days later. You got a ring, an email said, Devil said, I'm coming back. Somebody ringing the doorbell, I'm here. Brought a little friend. Why? Because the gate wasn't shut. I'm excited. You know I'm on fire. Hey, did you notice I'm on fire? I I felt the heat. You felt it? Are you all feeling the heat? You feel the fire. And so when Jesus delivered them, even afterwards, you know what he did? You know how he closed the dead gate? You want to know? Yes. Okay, because you know, you know me. I get offended. I ain't going to tell you nothing. I'm like, I'll just save you for lunch. Take no offense. Take no <laughs> And so what he did was every time he had a deliverance, he talked. He filled that place, that access. He closed that wall in the soul, that hole in that soul, that entryway with his word of truth because it was a lie that bound them, and it's only a truth that can keep them free. Now, you know that's good? Come on and bless be some Jesus tonight. Come on, join me. I'm not feeling it. Come on, bless the Lord with all, all praise. Come on, he's worthy because that kind of wisdom, you think it's just because somebody yells at the devil, asks their name, rank, and serial number, you think that that's the way it goes. That is not how it works. All of that devil data does not keep you free. Yeah, we've been getting out of vital statistics on the devil like it matters. It doesn't matter. You know, lose him and let him go is pretty good. That's very vital. Go and sin no more. That's another thing that you don't hear today. Go and sin no more. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah, y'all like that, don't you? Because you don't hear a deliverance person tell you to go and sin no more. Very few of them will tie it to sin. They'll tie it to Satan's free will and your submission. 
Mm. Are they flowing with me? I'm also your teacher real good tonight. <laughs> Blowing it up tonight. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Thank you. I like the encouragement because it lets me go deeper. See? You know, there are some churches I go to, man, I can sing la 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 and they're all happy, whatever. Other churches, I can go down there, honey, and I go to the rock. I go busting rock, hitting the pearl of great price, tapping into the gold vein, and then uh, running all over to the silver. Walk out of here and bring them, leave them some rubies. Mm-hmm. Because some people are ready, you know, and I'm telling you this because it's important. There is a, a, a lie that is legitimizing your captivity. I said it last week. God will not stop on this thing because, you know, we have a lot of false doctrine. What do you think false doctrine does? It locks you into falsehood. Why do you think doctrine is false? Because words have power. By your words, you are justified. Hallelujah. And by your words, you are condemned. And so there's a lot of false doctrine out there. There's a lot of errant prophecy. Some of you all are in bondage to an errant prophecy. Somebody gave you a prophecy that was working so well when they were over there in Africa, they said they'd bring it on back to you. And it's been causing you torment ever since. You know this is sugar pie, Jesus. You better sugar him up tonight because he's a good God. We got to love on our Savior. He is worthy to be praised. And he's sharing these secrets with us. He's sharing these secrets because he loves you so much. He wants to lead you in the path of righteousness for his name's sake, and he wants to plant you beside still waters. I'm going to praise him myself. Hallelujah. Yes, I've got to praise him. Yes, I've got to rejoice in the Lord. Yes, I've got to bless his good name. I want you to lift up your hands with me tonight. We're going to have a praise for a few minutes. We've got time to praise God. We've got time to thank him because he's the everlasting God. We've got time to love on him because God is worthy. He's our rock. He's our deliverer. In him we will trust. You're going to set aside your captivity. You're going to fire your cat door. Tell him his time is up because Jesus Christ has sent his word. And he's made you free. You better walk tonight as though you're free. You may not understand it all, but you're going to learn how to do it. And that is why I wrote this book 3D, so that you can participate. Because you are a party to your captivity. You have to become a party to your liberty. It is not on the prayer warrior. It is not on the preacher. It is not on the deliverance person. All of those things are just support systems. In the end, you are the main character in this drama. And it is your drama. And you are the star. And it's up to you to do what you know to do for yourself. You've got to do it. Some of you all, you can't get free because your church is in captivity. And if God has your church in bondage, every time you go, you re-up. <laughs> Stop it asking. You know, we got to pull you from behind that camera sometimes. You... <laughs> I know. <laughs> I can't run around the room. But some of you, are, you have to know that when God starts calling you out, 
And you're like, but you don't understand. My family's there. My mama's there. My dad. But if God has issued a judgment on your house, and I don't know, I'm not saying everybody, please don't go out there and say that. But some of you all don't need me to tell you. You just need me to affirm. But if God is doing, how do you know God put judgment on when your when your church starts preaching more about the flesh than the spirit? They start preach, preaching about love. They start preaching about family all the time, and they start preaching from the earth instead of from heaven. That you need to be concerned. You need to be concerned. Let your first response be prayer. Lord, just keep us straight now. Come on, Jesus, help us. But when that gets to a place that it doesn't work, you start preaching about marriage and you preach about that. You got churches where your pastors and his wife stand up there tongue kissing in the pulpit. That's a devil. That is an unclean spirit. That's a spirit of lust. Yes, it is. And it's also a tactic of seduction. That's the spirit of idolatry and adultery. They're up there laughing at each other in public and carrying on. Y'all pay rent. Go home and do it at home. You can't wait till you get home. Stop at the little hotel on the side of the road. Go to a bush. Whatever. If you're that, if you're that tasteless, anything works. Because if your marriage and your sacredness is not that, is, is that tasteless, then there's nothing value and nothing sanctified by it anyway. You go there, and every time you turn around, it's, it's all about how you got to do this and how you got to do that. You got to hear their private business all the time. You got to hear about the, their, their home life all the time. You got to hear about her gifts and, and his frustrations and all of those kinds of things. That's not Jesus. They have fired the Holy Ghost, and he has been evicted. Because the only way you can denigrate to that is that you kick out the spirit of holiness. And you've allowed the spirit of profanity to take its place. Somebody has to say this because some of you all are staying there because you've been loyal to Christ and you don't even realize that Christ has been gone a long time. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Don't follow me as I jump off a cliff. And some of you all, God is calling you out of that place because he's telling you, Come out from among them. Think about it. I don't know if that's God. God called Lot out when he was getting ready to tear up Sodom and Gomorrah. He called him out. Sent two angels to get him. Sent two angels who had to go tear up a few things before they tore up the rest of it. Drug Lot out. And Lot didn't want to go. He was all caught up in it. But God spared Lot because of Abraham. Drug Lot and his family out after he, I got to pack one more thing, bring more, one more thing. Wife crying about her little pretty little drapes on the wall and her little curtains and her little furnishings and, and all of that. And, and she, she never let go. So God let her stay there as a pillar of salt. Some of you all, God is calling you out to a clean place. And you're saying that I will never forget. I used to have, you know, I am the worst person for things like this. You got to just pray for God's pride. They used to tell me, a, a preacher done fell. Well, you know, this big minister, he done fell and whatnot. And I just want to pray. And I want you to join me and pray. Uh-uh, I don't. If God doesn't tell me, because, see, you can't be big and fall and not know you're falling. If you pray me now, you know nothing. When you're that big, you are, you have, it's like your kids going out on their own, going into the bar, going into the clubs, going into the whole house, the crack house, the hot house, the pop house. And, and you, they've been literally wandering into those places. Giants don't fall without a decision. 
I'm going to say this, and I'm going to keep saying it because I'm telling you, when you get to a certain place, you meet the princes of the land. You meet the powers that be, seen and unseen. You meet, meet all of them, and you have to make a decision every day to stay with the Lord Jesus Christ. They are scouting you out because they always want his sheep. They always want his shepherds. They always want his prophets. But what, is, what did we find out? Jude writes about Satan and Moses. I mean, Satan was like, oh, I got the mighty Moses. I'm taking him with me. And God had to send Michael to make sure that Moses went up and not down. You like that. Didn't you like that? I know you like it. And some of you all, God is calling you out. He has sent you a warning. He has told you about it. You have had dreams. He's telling you this place, I'm going to judge this house. I'm going to judge this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And sometimes he may not even be telling you anything but go. And he expects you to trust him enough to know that if he's changing your life in any way, there's a good reason. You're sitting up in these churches with them doing magic trips and, and smoke and mirrors and, 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 and all of those kind of unclean things and all of those kind of demonic and, 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 and carnal things, and you all say, well, you know, this is the new Christianity. There is no new Christianity. That's old devil with a clergy collar. There is no new Christianity. There is no new way to worship the ancient of days. There is no way, no new way to worship the everlasting God. Behold, I am the Lord. I change not. There is no new way. God does not need you to go to the, the store and buy a smoke machine to take the place of the Holy Ghost. If you got a pump smoke, you need to be packing. Because that God does not need that. God does not need you having folks sit in the dark, waving and floating around like they're crazy. That is the devil's church, and he's using your vessel for his worship. He does not need that. God does not need you all to have, 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 have sex lessons in the church. You don't need that. You want to train. If you got married couples with those problems and create a clinic for them to be done like everybody else does. Everybody, all of the sinners don't have clinics. You, you got to have a pulpit. What is wrong with that picture? I told you I was with the Holy Ghost this afternoon. So yes, that's if you're still there. He had a few things on his mind. He just had a few things on his mind. And, and you sitting up there in those churches, and God is saying, as long as you stay, you are also judged as a partaker. Well, I don't do it, but you approve it enough to keep showing up. You approve it enough to keep buying it. You approve it enough to keep financing it. That's approval. Your money, your presence, your amen, that's approval. And God wants you to be free. So some of you all are asking for deliverance in, 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 in a place where God's not delivering, a place where he's been asked not to deliver. He's been asked not to set people free. He's been asked, and he's not doing it. He said, I don't have it in earth. I don't have to be stuck in that little corner. I don't have it in earth. All creation is mine. All the earth is mine. And I used to, they used to say, I want you to help me to pray for someone. I said, I'm not praying. No, I'm not praying. Because I'm, I'm not going to pray for somebody who has turned on God. They need to be set down so the right person can get in there and fix their mess. So, no, I don't. Don't ask me. I'm not that lady. 
Now, if God tells me so-and-so was under trouble, that's one thing. I, I think God has told me about two ministers that were under trouble that really were genuinely under attack. He told me, and I did. I went to back for him in the spirit. Yes, I did. Lord, you can't have the devil's a lot, blah, blah, blah. Now, should you pray for your leaders? You better. Because let me tell you something. It is much better for God to, to correct someone who is erring naively, erring unintentionally than for him to have to replace a whole leadership. It's better to fix what's working or what has worked up until a point. So, yes, do not go out there because, you know, y'all go out there and be because I'm looking at how y'all get things wrong on the Internet. Y'all go out there and be saying stuff that I didn't say. Don't do that. Do not do that. Pray always for, with all manner of prayer for all people. But there is sin leading to death, and that death is not always physical. Sometimes it's the death of a career. Sometimes it's the death of a relationship or death of a marriage. I do not say that you should pray for it, but you have to know. So if you are on the prayer team in your church, you pray all the time for everything. If you are one of the guardians, you need to know what's going on. That's why you're a guardian. That's like the security guard. You see people walking in the bank with masks talking about what y'all saying. I didn't know it was Halloween. It's March, sir. March. <laughs> it's March. It's the truth, you know. I mean, look at the signs. They shouldn't have to come in and say, by the way, we're wearing this mask because we don't want you to recognize us. We can rob you. You should have saw that when they came through the door. And a lot of you all, a lot of guards are like this. So why are y'all all masked up? Then I, then I didn't get the memo. It's time to change. Now I want to say something. God has a word for moms. You who are mothers of older daughters, adult daughters, may I give you, a, and this is just encouragement, may I encourage you to stop trying to force your older daughters to live your youthful years? May I encourage you to let them live the calling of God on their lives, the calling of God in their world? Do you realize that many, many, right now, many young mamas, young daughters are in bondage to their mother's vision of marriage, their mother's vision of home and family? You are literally living what your mother didn't do. And, and, and many of you are trying to correct your error in your child's generation. Now, here's the problem with that, aside from the, the, just the sheer uh, unfairness of it all. Here's another issue that you need to consider. The world that you made your decisions in does not exist any longer. The opportunities that were deprived you may not be deprived your daughter or your daughter-in-law. It may well be that you had the vision, but the era did not permit you to pursue it. But that is no reason for you to say, since I couldn't do it, my daughter can't. Since I couldn't do it, I had to stay with my kids, so you have to stay with yours. I have, to, I have to be, you know, your happy homemaker, so you have to be. I want to deliver some mamas today and some daughters. If the Lord, and this is straight from the Holy Ghost. I was getting ready to come on today, and he said, I want you to talk to mothers. And I want you to tell them, you, can, you yourself can be a captor and not mean it. Not every captor is hateful or hostile. Some captors are just loving 
some captives are just misguided, but they won't let you go. You're, somebody out there, your daughter wants to go to school. She has, this woman has three kids. You will not let her go to school. She needs to go because you don't know her future. Do you know that her, her marriage will last? Do you really know that? Are you in a position to deny her future sustenance on your present opinion? Are you in that position right now? Because, see, when you were coming up, people fought for their marriage. Now they fight to get in and out. It's a very different world. So if you're going to hold your out, even in Christendom, I know we like to think Christianity is different, but it's not. We still are topping the charts in divorce for a reason. And a lot of it has to do with bad marital advice, bad marital connections, and bad marital traditions. They're just bad. I could say inappropriate, but my God, that's just too many syllables. Let's just say one syllable, bad. Same thing. And so you are not letting your daughter go to go, but I'm not, I'll tell you what, I won't babysit, but I'm not going to help you because I didn't have to do it. I stayed with mine. You better make sure you know that child's future. That's what I will say to you by the Holy Ghost. You better make sure you know that that husband's not going to get sick. He's not going to die. He's not going to have a problem. You better know that his job is not ever going to be laid off because there are a lot of reasons why God is telling women to do things today because today he's preparing for a future that's going to happen. So if your daughter has a vision, I'm, I cannot tell you how many pitiful-looking Christian mamas I've seen. You look in their face, and they, they look like little step-foot vibes. Are you happy? Yeah, I'm happy. Praise God. My family's everything. But well, you know, family first, looking like a little doll. Family first. That's ridiculous. Why are you doing that? There are women who can handle a career in a home superbly, just like there are women who can run nations and households. You cannot impose that on some women are very good at it, and some women are not, and some women need the opportunity because when life happens, it won't be an opportunity. It'll be an obligation. And so you, you mothers, it's the church. I don't care if you're a church mother because some of y'all church mothers are bitter because you know what? Things didn't happen for you. The, 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 the chip didn't fall where you thought it should be, but that is no reason to act as if you are the sovereign over someone else's destiny. Guidance is one thing. Now, there is a time, as far as I'm concerned, if, 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 and I tell them, baby, you, you need to stay home. Your family cannot, oh, child, please stay home. But that's, you need to stop acting as if this is a blanket thing. Marriages are not lasting. Let these women get education. Let them get degrees. Let them set up their business because marriages are falling, and they are left alone anyway. And guess who's the fault for them being ill-prepared and ill-provided for when it happens? Stop telling these women pastors, stop telling them they have to get up and get married in order to be validated. You don't know what's going to happen to their future. They need provisions. They need skills. They need equipment. They need resources. They need an education. They need marketable talents and abilities. Stop that. I curse that in the church in Jesus' name. I curse that deception. That is a witchcraft spirit that's guaranteeing poverty. You, know, you, you, you condemn the woman to, for, for not getting married, and then when the marriage breaks up, it's her fault, and then when she can't take care of her kids, you condemn her for being poor. Come on, she can't win. There's a no-win situation here. 
women, get an education, get a degree, get a career, get a vocation, get an avocation, get some skills, because you, you stop acting as if you're going to marry the person that's going to make it all right. You might and you might not. And even if you do, do you know what the future is? Stop it. If you went on and you got kids, go to school and get a degree. You're, if you are the head of your own house, get a degree. Stop condemning your children to poverty. Stop that. Because they're not going to love you or your God for it. They're going to condemn you. They're going to think of you as an idiotic female. You might be my mama, but I don't trust my mama because she couldn't provide for me. You don't, I don't trust my mama because she couldn't get a good job. I don't trust my mama because she had no skills, and we lived poor, and we didn't have clothes, and we didn't have shoes. And, yeah, I love her, and she did the best she could. Bless her heart. But when I want to find out how to make it in life, I'm not going to my mama because I already know my mama doesn't have the answers. Oh, yeah, write that to me because you know I'm telling you the truth. Your children will not trust your judgment. They will not trust your counsel. They will not trust your wisdom because they only know you to be the one to stay home and cry and whine and complain or fight and scrap and scrape and blame it on, on a man and then vilify God. They already know that. Earn your children's dignity. I don't care how much they whine. Teenagers whine about anything. Rich teenagers whine just as much as poor ones. <clears throat> all of them whine. That's just what that's in their little genes. They, you know, that little, all their little hormones don't know how to do anything but cry. Cry and fuck. But I'm telling you, I've, I, I've talked to it. I've been in this thing a long time. I've talked to a lot of kids. And you know what they said? My mother's a sweet lady. She just loved the Lord. She's just so, so sweet. I mean, oh, I mean, I'll just be like her. But no, when it comes to business, I don't think about my mother. When it comes to my problems, I can't take it to my mother. I mean, we know, I know she can't handle things. You, you lose, you may gain the motherhood trophy of the year, but you will not be trusted for counseling wisdom when it comes to their careers, when it comes to the situations that they know you cannot handle because they've watched you mishandle it. Go to school. Take classes, women of God. I don't care what that preacher says. They're, they're giving you 1970s rhetoric for a 21st century world. And I'm telling you, their rhetoric doesn't fit any longer. And I don't know. And I know there's a lot of men out here that feel this way. And God bless you. But I'm going to tell you something. The Bible says that as a wife, you are help meet. That means you help your man meet the obligations of life. You help them. If he only needs you to help at home, God bless you. But if there are times he's going to need you to get a little part-time job. He's going to take a little, do a little writing. He's going to need you to take on some projects because he needs you to help him. And see, because you're the same woman going to be crying when he's laying up in the hospital, tubes all over the place because he is burnt out, had a heart attack, high blood pressure, because you didn't hear that he was overwhelmed because you were theologically correct and domestically absent. Some of these men need help, I, and I'm saying it for them because I am a woman, and I've been on all sides of this thing. I'm saying some of these men need help. They need you to get up and use that degree that you thought you'd never need because you got married. They need you to get up and pull, pull some skills together. They need you to get on YouTube and get some training. Today, you don't have to even go far. Get on YouTube. Get some training. 
do some tutoring, bring some money in your house, oh, somebody, bring money into your house. You want to talk about the Proverbs 31 woman? She brought money into her home. She made money. She brought, she contributed to the welfare of her house, its economy, and its livelihood. Somebody act like you read Proverbs 31 to the end. Her man was happy, and he was bragging on her at the gate because he said, I got me something good. He said, let me tell you about this girl. And he bragged on her. Finish school. Some of you all want to marry a man that you are never in the arena to meet. Go to school and get in the arena. Get in that world. Sometimes we just need some. You just need some of these women to just sit down and say, this is it. If you're a wife and your husband is struggling and he's not making ends meet, if he tells you not to work, then you go down and comply with that. But then you tell him when his butt laid up there in the hospital because he is all broke down, tore down, and woe down, don't blame you. And if you're a wife, you need to persuade him of how good it will be for you to help him so you both can enjoy life together so you can get back to being romantic because a man working like that is not romantic. Too tired. Too worried, too afraid. Oh, somebody hear what I'm saying tonight. Hear me. Yeah, I know I can preach you all a happy time gospel, but you know what? A minister is supposed to give you life skills. You're not supposed to go to darkness for the light. I'm giving you skills for your home, skills for your family, skills for your children, skills for your marriage. Husband, stop listening to these preachers telling you they wives don't work. If they're the head of a church, that chick is working. Why do you think that she's not sitting on the front being first lady? She's got the meet and greet. She's got the host. She's got to talk to see. you got to hear the rhetoric and then look at the light. She's got to be there when he wants to greet people. She's got to travel on the wall. She's got to do all of those things. So she's working. Don't believe she's not working. He's just not calling her share work. But she's working. And she's backing him, and she's making it happen. So don't listen to that. Let your wife help you increase the economy of your home. Let your wife be a party to the economy, the well-being of your house. Let her offload some of those work hours so that you can spend them with her and the family. It cracks me up after. I hear these pastors say it all the time. Yeah, because you know my wife. Don't. Your wife works like a dog. I watch her running around the church, running around the, the kitchen, running in the home, what, doing the children's church, doing the women's thing. She's working. You just don't call it work because you're not paying her for it. But it's work, and she's tired. And so there you go. You sit on the front row listening to that, and she looks all happy and carrying on. And you sit on the front row listening to that. You don't have a church for her, your wife to run around in, and therefore she's not she's not meeting and greeting friends and contacts and allies. She's not influencing wives on your behalf because your life isn't that life. Are they throwing? Hot? Did you want to share? With they want to share. With I say yes. And help me, help meet the bill. That's what I'm talking about. That's what helped me. Help meet the bills. And even if you don't need it for the bills, you might need it for a second home, an income-producing property, some sort of investment. Be a help me. Every woman in the Bible that God recommends and 
grace was a help meet. Said, take this message to the nation. Detox the church. <laughs> Detox the church. We're detoxing the church. But I'm saying this. Some of, the, some of your husbands are dead because of theology, because of church doctrine. You are the woman. Do what's right for your home. Do what's right for your man. Do what's right for your children. And do not allow that 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 female slop that trips us all up and that literally hunts us all talk you into just laying back and being cute. Be powerful, but be able to afford your cuteness. Pay for your cute. Buy your cute. I want you to think differently. I care about you all. I know that people don't say it the way I say it. I know I don't say it the way everybody else does. I know y'all like that little sing-song look that I didn't get. I don't know why I didn't get the look. Why did I get the sing-song look? I didn't get that. I got this. This is it. This is all I got, and it's wonderful. Because you know what? I don't even have a soft voice, so you don't mistake my wisdom. But I care about the family of God. I pray this afternoon I was praying for you and I was telling God, but God, I want your family to win. I want your family to make it. I want them to rise. I want them to shine, God. I do. Because he gave his best for us. And he gave his best for us because he had a future and a hope in mind for us. And we've got all these little shreds of nonsense that are tripping us up at every turn. Take care of your home. Take care of your family. Women, mamas, single mamas, don't stop standing there telling your children the reason that you can't have so-and-so is because you don't have the money and, 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 and God's not providing. Don't do that. God is a provider. He may not provide for you, but I bet you'll provide for your kids because I know when I didn't have money, he provided for my kid and ignored me. Teach your children how to go to God. Teach them how to believe God. He wants them to have faith in him, so he's going to do things for them to build their faith, to shore up their faith. Stop telling them that God is stingy and God is poor and God is broken. He somehow or another just doesn't want them to enjoy life. You see, I told you she's coming at me, girls. But I'm telling you this. Make your children strong in the faith. Your situation is not a reason to make them weak or rebellious. Show them that their mama got it going on. Because, Sonny, let me tell you something. Kids love to brag about their parents. Give them something to brag about. You know, I love you all dearly. I will be back again on Thursday for the Paula Price Show. We will have one of our uh, event guests with me, Minister this woman. Hallelujah. But join me then Thursday at 11 o'clock. And by all means, don't miss Prophetic S at 8 p.m. again on Thursday. Until then, play this again and again for your family, for your enemies, for your church, for everybody. Let's be free on purpose. God bless you and good night.